paint your hell. Paint a custom hell. hell designed for Sarah Nattel. Nattel hell. People just come up with this very quickly in front of you. No, Usually? not necessarily. We can, I can edit so it can <laughs> seem like you came up with it really quickly. <laughs> very quickly. But Man, what's my hell? Uh, I guess it would be, yeah, probably like, what is it? It's so like inter- in, an interior hell. Um, okay. I have to like probably like work a job that really is sucks. And it's like enough of a physical uh, it physically tires me and it's like weird hours. So I never get to see friends and mm-hmm. I'm never quite making enough money. And there's like a, like a feed of like people's like stories and inst- like, it's like just everyone having a great time and succeeding. Okay. And that's okay. just plays in front of me too, in the job. Um, so your last job, basically. It was my last job. <laughs> My last job was my hell. Um, yeah, everybody. Yeah, because everyone was getting the stimulus checks. I had to work through the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it was really weird hours. And I was like, I guess I'll just work until I die. Um, <laughs> that's pretty bad. Also, maybe like. Yeah, there's a world where there's like some sort of. I don't know if my meanest thoughts to myself were like personified. And just like kind of talked at me the whole day, but like I think it would end up looking like a really cute little imp, and then I wouldn't believe it, and that would actually like solve me and be like a heaven state. Mm, but okay, okay, just something that's like, um, what if it were like ex boyfriends, like ex-boyfriends. like manifested as ex boyfriends? Would you be able to take that seriously, or would that no, that would be too funny. I think for me, okay, okay, it might be like yeah, like maybe if like I had like a hall of villains that like my little villains in my life (laughs) and the hall was huge. I couldn't get out of it. And it was a lot of mirrors too. And like, they were like, we're having a great time. And you're just like a stupid, like, do you make like, yeah, it's just like questions that are a little condescending. They're like, Oh, do you consider what you do art? And I'd be like, (laughs) (laughs) but I have to like answer them too. And they're like, that's cool. And yeah, that feels like a hell to me. And there's just a lot of mirrors. And I'm like, what the hell? They're like fun house mirrors. Oh, do you feel like you work out really hard? And I'd be like, uh, yeah, I do. And they're like, that's cute. Did you, did you lose weight? Like, it would just be like, just weird questions. That feels more like my hell too. These tools are for you to use. Welcome to This Is Your Afterlife, conversations with artists and activists about death and life. My name is Dave Marr. I am a comedian in Chicago. I host the show. I was in a coma. I woke up. I've got questions. That is the show. This week, my guest is Sarah Nattel, one of my very best friends. I can't believe how close we are with how little time we've spent in person together. I met her at the 2019 Cincy Fringe Festival in Cincinnati, and we had both been to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, both of which come up in this episode. Edinburgh is the month-long world's largest art and performance festival, kind of the apex of both of the solo performance things that Sarah and I do. Mine is a little stand-up-ear, storytelling-y. Hers is more clown, 
performance, not quite performance art. It's a it's a little more clowny in in the in the theatrically trained clown sense. So I think those are the things you need to know about Sarah. Other than that, you need to know that in her show Nightmare Fuel, we not we she has a concept called nasty squeezes, and that comes up in the episode. I reference it, and it's just these. Uh, I I think of them as. Uh, but he actually a former guest of the show, Zach Seward, called them formative boners. Those things that like they could be sexual, but they might just be like concepts like smoking weed or listening to Madonna or something that were like these forbidden things in your in your early adolescent life. And then the last thing I think I need to reference is Buttoven, which is her Instagram character where she wears a weird tuxedo jacket and smacks her ass to Beethoven songs. And that's what that is. Sarah is amazing. She's incredible. She's so funny and sweet. And this is the first episode of the show where someone has cried during the show. That's not my goal, but uh, it feels like some kind of podcast leveling up. So what are the what's the Emmys of podcasts? I'll take one of those, please. Peabody, do you get a Peabody for making someone cry on your afterlife podcast? Someone ring up the freaking Peabody committee, okay? Um, also, Sarah, you can find out her show schedule. She has an upcoming video series called Helltown that she's doing, you can find that out by following her on Instagram. Her Instagram handle is at Sarah H monster. So that's Sarah with an H and then an H and then the word monster S A R A H H monster. It's, it's in the show notes. Why am I spelling it out so much? She also has a monthly variety show coming up and it's going to be the fourth Thursday of every month, starting August 25th at 7.30 p.m. at Sutton's in Philadelphia, which is, by the way, where Sarah lives and is from. Well, I guess not originally is from, but that, that's not the point. She She's a Philly person. And the show is called Sarah Nattel's Hellride. So go to that show if you're in Philly. Drive to Philly to go see that show August 25th and every month thereafter. You can follow her on Instagram for daily laughs is what she suggested I say to promote her Instagram. And I've also included her LinkedIn so you can hire her. Apparently, that's a thing that I'm doing now. I also want to thank the people who support me on Patreon. I'm an independent artist. I do this in my spare time. I would love to make it my full-time living. The way for me to do that is for people like you who listen to the show and enjoy it to go to patreon.com slash Dave Marr and pledge either $5 or $15 a month, a cup of coffee or a cheap meal, and you can support me, help bring this show to more and more people, do it on a larger, cooler, slicker level. You can also leave a voicemail, and I will play it on the show. If, if one of the questions gives you a thought, if you have a response to any episode, call the show at 313-MISTURA. That's 313-647-8872. If you leave a voicemail, 99% guarantee I'll play it 
unless it's some bullshit. But but we're talking about like you know Zoom bomber type bullshit, which if you're listening to this, you're you're not going to be doing. So anyway. Also, if you can't do any of that stuff, which, why am I saying you can't? You can. Just do it, man. The, the, the minor inconvenience for you is a huge boost for me. Another huge boost, you can subscribe in the app you're using right now. And if you're using Apple Podcasts, leave me a review. It takes you 30 seconds to sit on the toilet, take a dump, write a few words about whatever you're enjoying about the show. One star and five star reviews only. That's what I'm accepting because uh, we're here for extremes. Okay. I also want to make one little note, and this is going to steer this intro hard left into sad territory. Jack Knight, a very funny comedian, has died. I did not know Jack. I don't have a big eulogy for Jack. There are many people who knew him well and are talking about him online. So you can look that up if you want to see those things. As someone who has been eulogized, though, and who is a fan of Jack, I had just been getting into some of his work. The Bust Down, not The Bust Down, just Bust Down on Peacock is fucking insane. It's a balls-to-the-wall, six-episode, just crazy, raunchy, insane, stupid, in the best way, TV program. Can't recommend that highly enough. Even more, Pause with Sam J, which Jack helped executive produce, is so good. It's like one of my favorite new shows. That's on HBO Max. But I will put a link to a stand-up set I watched recently of Jack's. It's a 30 minute long set he did in 2019 at the Dynasty Typewriter in LA. And he's just so fucking funny, man. Um, yeah, I, I just want to point people towards his work. We don't know why he died. Um, and as someone who has been eulogized, I feel pressure to have thoughts when especially a comedian or an entertainer dies. It's bullshit. And it's a little bit of vanity on my part, probably. But I do think I maybe have a little something to offer here. So humbly, I would like to say that I think it's actually nice that we don't know how he died. Because once we know how someone dies, then the meaning making comes in then it means something you know if it's if it's suicide if it's drugs it's it's we we pull out the boilerplate call your friends check on your friends sort of tweets which if you can't tell i have a fair amount of disdain for cuz that's not how depression or addiction works if you're not in a place to reach out to people you uh you know you need someone to reach out to you and not just making one call is the way to help. But, you know, I guess it doesn't hurt as well. I understand that people are well-meaning, but not having a, a cause of death. And, and I just, I don't need one because it's just devastating. Jack was 28. He 
was so funny and he made great work and not knowing how he died to me right now just makes his life bigger the talking point we're not moving on to process like oh what what happened to him what what he did or didn't do the thing is just wow this guy's gone and so who was gone well wow this guy lived and i just i just think um as someone who is a fan maybe we have mutual friends but um really just as a as a person who loves comedy as a person who takes in a lot of entertainment jack knight was super fucking funny and i think you owe it to yourself to enjoy some of his work so look it up if you can i don't know why i keep saying if you can because you can you can look it up and you can support the show so please do that and speaking of supporting the show the patreon the pigeon level subscribers who get a shout out in every episode are fred fidawa Susie carroll katie llewellyn kurt chang debo shuba singh and john lee very many thanks to them and now i will take you to this great episode of the show with my good good friend and comrade in arms and fucking crier, Sarah Nattel. I grab your whip and take it back to Shatown. When I'm in Shatown, I treat it like. What do you hope happens when you die? I don't know. Um, do you sort of can't believe sometimes that you have to die in life? Sometimes that hits me a lot. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, that's like the the impetus for this show. Halfway is just like. <laughs> you know, being like, oh my God, it's going to end. And there's the possibility that I won't even realize it's ended. And yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. Most of us so don't get that, like you? that fade out. Most that really scares me is that it just is like, I don't know when it's going to happen. Um, sort of going into the day, not knowing, which is like also a crazy way to go into a day. Like, Oh, today is the day I die. Like, yeah. Damn. But like, there's something about me that like, I'm so afraid. I think my last thought will be like, Oh my God, you fucking idiot. You didn't plan. <laughs> and then it's like, boom, you know, whatever. But uh, obviously, okay. But what do I hope that more positive than that? Yeah. 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 I mean, I think I really like that scene from the Terrence Malick movie um, with Sean Penn and Brad Pitt. What is that one called? Tree of life tree, is a tree of life where like, uh-huh. there's like a, I think it's like, there's a watch it end up like meaning something else to Terrence Malick or nothing. It means to him, but like, it's like Sean Penn is like walking on a beach and there's all these people and they're sort of like meeting each other, like just at the water's edge. And they're like kind of in a little bit of water and they're like hugging and meeting each other. And like, he's looking for his people. And I think he finds his father young there where he finds mm-hmm. himself young there. And like that to me is really beautiful. Like if all of a sudden it's like, boom, and you're like in a dreamlike place, it's like a beach or somewhere just like beautiful and serene. And like all these people are there and you're kind of like, you know, like people you don't know, but like you end up like looking for the people you 
from your life that I guess maybe had already died. And then you're like, kind of just embracing that feels very pleasant to me. Is there a specific place that would be the most serene place for you? <sighs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that like, uh, like a beachfront feels right. Like I'm such Is a, there a specific beachfront. I think maybe like maybe a time more than a beachfront. Like I'm from okay. the Jersey shore. So like, you know, sort of like Asbury park area, you know, but like at four o'clock maybe like when the sun is like not too hot, but it's like beautiful. It's like, we're starting to get into sunset. Um, that and what makes nice. Asbury park cool. I know the name. Cause I feel yeah. like it's like a Springsteen thing, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I actually don't know why it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think Springsteen put it on the map, but it's like a, I think it's officially a city, like a cool, like a tiny city. Uh-huh. And it is sort of like because of the stone pony, which is where Springsteen performed, like people would go to it. Mm-hmm. And so it's literally on a beachfront and there's like music venues and all these people started kind of moving there. And unfortunately now it's like so overly gentrified that like no one can mm-hmm. afford it, which kind of sucks, but it's still like such a cool vibe. Um, like so I it's don't, not like a corny beach town. It's like kind of a hipstery. Yeah. There's literally the like no sort of like, boardwalk games you know what i mean it's like you go and there's like a beautiful beach bar and like really Mm. yummy food on the beach and even like right like you could walk into the kind of like downtownish area and there's like great musical venues Mm. so we went from like a music like my boyfriend's band played we saw his band play and then we walked down to the boardwalk and for no reason at this like dive bar there was like a free disco party on the boardwalk and it was like all sorts of people from all sorts of life, people just walking by and like joining in this disco dance party. That's actually okay. Also, if it's not a beachfront, if it was like a disco dance party, that was just like so many people like just like enjoying themselves like a really, that would be amazing. If that was when you died, you're just at a cool dance party where you could still hear each other talk yes yes yes. oh my god that is a heaven to be at like a cool thing where you don't have to go to a quieter place to be able to hear each other that is i like that you know when you're at like the like a good i want to say like a house party or like a backyard party where Mm -hmm. it's like all these people you know are there and it's like comfortable and it's not too loud but there's also like maybe dancing and like a whole like fun like and that warm feeling of being at a party you get in your face like that could be that could be a heaven yeah it sounds like there's an element of strangers being there that you like though too yeah like i don't know to me that would be those strangers would be like also maybe it could be total strangers but like what if you were tertiarily related to someone like you guys had like Mm. parallel lives you never met and not even like you never met in life but like actually in a way like our existence just goes on and you were like meant to men- meet this other soul at some point. Like that could yeah. be cool too. So it's like, Oh, you have those like bonds where you're like, yeah. you were at Cincy fringe in Yo, that year. Oh my God. Talked. Yes. I thought that show sounded terrible. turns out I should have seen it. It yeah, was amazing. Big mistake. Yeah. Why'd you call it that? That was, that was a terrible title, dude. Yes, there was a lot of bad titles. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. so what about if you, so you get there, 
if you are looking for loved ones who've died, who comes to your mind first that you would be looking for? Yeah. I guess I, I guess right away, like my grandparents, right? My mom's, my mom's parents. Why? Um, I think they're just the closest people that I have like had in my life that have like died. Um, which just makes the most, the most sense, you know, just to like check in with them. I feel like they're the people that like, if we have like people watching over us, they're probably that. Do you know what I mean? They're probably like, mm-hmm. you know, sending me like 20 bucks on the street sometime. Like, you know, it's just like, that feels like their vibe. Um, or there's like a seagull, you know, it's like, my grandfather. <laughs> like, you know, that feels like their vibe. They would be in the center of the party. So it wouldn't be hard to find them. But okay. then I'm also wondering, like, yeah, is there anyone else who's just like a cool person who died that I would be like, yo, I got to go find them. Oh, um, like a celebrity or something? Yeah, or just like a cool person. Yeah, I don't know. Um, cool kid from high school who cool kid from high too school. far. What happened? What happened to you? <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I would, you know, somebody somebody died when I was very young, like a like in my skateboard gang. And I guess it would be interesting. A kid? He was a kid. We were all in the skateboard gang. He didn't wear a helmet. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so it, we never wore helmets. And he just kind of hit the ground weird. Were you there? No, I wasn't there for that. I, that was one day I just didn't end up going. And they just went down this hill. He hit it weird. Um, and it really just stopped our like little hangs, like Friday day hangs. It was just like yeah. it was sad. And it was like the end of middle school. And like, we were like in, like, I wouldn't say he was like a close friend, but we're in the same like little gang. Right. Um, but it would be interesting to like check in with these people that like when it's in, there's something interesting to me about like when people left life, like would they age? Like would that person be like 13, you know, like would, I don't know. That's interesting too. Right. Do you ever mature in the afterlife? For some reason it reminds me of like, this zombie theory. And I don't know if it's just in this one book I read zone one by Colson Whitehead, but I feel like there's other, there's other zombie lore. Cause I'm not big on it. Yeah. That says that however you died, you're like stuck doing that last thing you did over and over. So it's like in this book zone one, there are people who are just like at the office, like making copies like over and over and like before the print, like the copy machine is like run out of paper and they're still just like going through the motions of like, so this kid I'm thinking like, is he just like trying and failing to do this trick over and over again? You know? Yeah. That feels more That's like not- a hellscape. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be wild. But I mean, I guess if you have the attitude of like, hopefully before we did think these all seem like accidents, like we're all going to die of accidents, but hopefully it's like not a not, maybe we have positive thoughts right before we die. I don't know. But yeah, that's kind of like that wrist cutters movie too. Or like if you cut, if you tried to commit suicide, you're in a different purgatory. So these two people fall in love in this like suicide purgatory. Whoa. Which is kind of, it's a good movie. I think it's really? like Patrick Fugit and Shannon Sossaman. Real I've throwback actors right there. People. Yeah. They're cool. They were like very big in the early two thousands. I feel like. That's the same as what dreams may come though. Ugh, is people who've committed <laughs> why not? I think I tried to watch it too young and I was, 
I was like, I don't want, this is depressing. I thought it was going to be like colorful. I think it does get yeah. colorful. It was the same yeah. thing with the cell. I thought the cell starring Jennifer Lopez. I was like, yeah, I think I made my, I was young and I made my family rent it. And it like starts off with the guy, like having that crazy, like master, like asphyxiating masturbation yeah. over like a dead body. And then the girl screaming in the background and they're like, we're going to stop it right here. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It's like, Oh, I didn't get to see the cool, like in the world, in the, the abstract world, <laughs> which is also like, it's good, but it's also like, they've stopped it before there's any context added to that. So you, the damage has still been done. I just like, yeah, it's so weird. It's like, it doesn't like, it, I just saw like a horrific imagery and then like nothing on the other part where it's like, Hey, when we enter a serial killer's mind, like we learn these things. Yeah. Yeah. Instead I'm just like, Whoa, people have weird kinks. Actually. That's like part of my mantra, my like artistic statements and stuff. So like exploring kinks mm-hmm. and non-kink shaming maybe. So yeah, they did it. They wronged is it. that Is that a nasty squeeze for you, it turns out maybe? Oh, is the cell. The cell? The, <laughs> the, the weird, the, the, <laughs> no shaming, but like the sort of like hanging over a dead woman. No, I think maybe I'm, I fear having a kink that goes too far. Maybe mm. that's a fear of mine. Okay. Is okay. that, I fear that. Um, I'm like, whoa, maybe this has gone too far. We're drowning a girl in the corner. There's another dead girl. There's too many dead girls. Okay. So what about funeral planning? Funeral planning? Any, any thoughts about that? I don't know if you were the person I was talking to about this, but like maybe it was where you're like, Hey, if you don't plan it, it goes sad. Like it'll just default to sadness. Cause everyone wants to have a party, but you have to, lay out some plans for that or have people that you 100% trust will do that. To do it. Yeah. I just, I feel like, yeah, like I understand also why you like just do the default because like maybe for the people who are left, they do need the sad thing. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you're like, no, I don't really want that. Um, but I do truly, I think everyone actually kind of wants a celebration of themselves. Yeah. Um, I feel like what's my version. I just love, I like love that video on YouTube so much of, um, just like new Orleans, the line, the the second line, the second line stuff. And then also, um, I guess they did it for Bowie, like an arcade fire led Mm. the way. Um, and they did all these like Bowie songs and it was just like, people were like dressed so fucking cool. And like, I just, even if it's not that, I like that feeling where it's like, just sort of a, yeah, like people want to dress up bizarre and like part. Yeah. I mean, people don't even have to get drunk, but if people want to just like fucking go, that seems cool. I would love people to also make like insane montages of like the stupidest shit I've recorded for them. Do you know what I mean? Like mm, if people made okay. like not a, even art, just like voicemails and video messages and Marco. Yeah, and that would be amazing. And if they put it to like, you know, angel by Sarah McLaughlin, like as like a liar, <laughs> like, that would be so funny. Beethoven. I mean, yeah. Beethoven stuff. Yeah. Like that, just like weirdo stuff. Or like if somebody wanted to make like a fake retro, uh, well, I guess if you die, it's a real retrospective. So yeah. somebody was, <laughs> 
I mean, I'm just like really copying off other people's funerals and memorials yeah. at this point. Hey, somebody great artist perf- steel, man. Yeah, somebody performed in like people were remounting works that this person had made and bits and this and like things that they were. And so there was like an evening of like video and this. And so it was like this, like kind of like party warehouse show. And that also feels like very cool. And it would just be so cool. (laughs) Should just do it in life to see it on other bodies. Like it wouldn't be just like, I'm mostly a solo performer. So it's like, it would be cool to see it on other bodies or like just to remount things that like I loved slash like was in, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's just like this party where like the works and the works around me or that like there's somehow like this whole performance evening. I feel bad for the person who's like event producing that though. She was like a fucking nightmare. Who would the band be for your second line? For my second line? Oh, any band to play? Oh, my God. But they have to be alive. They they have have to be be alive. alive, You can't just, like, because we're actually planning your, like, real funeral. So, like, you can imagine that, like, they outlive you, but they have to be alive right now. Wow, 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 wow. Oh, my God. I don't even, of course, at this moment, I'm like, what do I listen to? Absolutely. You can't remember any music ever. Um... Cause you also want them to have the capacity where it could like the arcade fire is good because they do have that like heartful thing. Like, you know, they really mm-hmm. can like be open hearted and it's sort of a little epic. Sure, um, sure. That is a good, they chose well. Uh, who would be a cool band to do that? Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. Do you have okay. one? Like um well i i have like there's an rem song that i really uh would like played at my funeral Oof, but i love that i and i'm trying to think i guess they are all still alive so yeah it could be it could be aria but it's really just the one song that's important to me so yeah. maybe it's maybe it would just be like a really good um singer piano player like soul jazzy oh actually you know who it is is this one um saxophonist singer songwriter i love named alabaster de plume and his whole thing is very like involved you would love him because he involves the audience and he's always like he's speaking these uh he has this song on his newest album called don't forget you're precious and he's like and he talks about all these things he's like don't forget you're precious I remember my, and he talks about all these things he remembers. He's like, I remember my ex's email address, but I forget that I'm precious, you know? And it's like all these things. And so it's like kind of exhorting the audience to like feel better. And I think he would be a really good. good Yeah. Damn. What if Kate Bush would come? (laughs) Yo. Yeah. There you go. Just bring people together. I mean, but that's not like emotionally. I don't think it would be like, it would end up being like an emo artist and I'd be so like cringe, but like, that's also great. great. That's great. Who would the emo think, artist be? I don't know. It could be like any, I mean, I love hot rod circuit. That's like yeah. my shit, dude. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And they just like play an album that I really liked through. <laughs> yeah. But also like, I do think there's a world where it's like, who's somebody like kind of fun and weirdo. Like, um, yeah, I, yeah, there's definitely like, just, I mean, just anyone who's like really, even like who could do it who could do it 
also just like maybe a slow and reverb dance party. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. we're just like sort of these songs that are sweet, but then they're like sad somehow because Fade it's like, see, Mazzy it's, like, star shit. Yeah. It's like Mazzy star. Oh, that'd be a good one. Or like, Mazzy start or like Sky Ferreira slowed down and reverbed, <laughs> chopped you know? and screwed Sky Ferreira. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, any of that, like, just yeah. If it, that's so great. The thing that I like about all these plans that makes sense is there's a huge focus on performance, yeah. which is the center of your life. Wow, man. I guess you're right. <laughs> Everything is a performance. Yeah. Do you ever sometimes- everything is performance, but the the spirit of performance is so important, and the the communal thing not 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 the negative aspects of yeah. like oh performers need validation. It's like I don't know to me the beautiful parts of performance. Yeah, I mean, well, I feel I agree, and I feel like you know I knock on wood, you know, I haven't been to like too many funerals, mm-hmm. and when I went to like my grandfather's, which is really the first one that like really felt like I was like in, you know, uh, you're perf- everyone is performing so much for the most normal norm core funerals. Mm-hmm, you know, you're performing mm-hmm. grief and you're performing or you're performing, performing like literally holding yourself together and being normal or you're performing like, I'm the healer of this event. Like, and I don't even mean it like everyone takes on a role. I mean, I just like, it's so odd. It's odd. And it feels like if you are actually like grieving, it is like, you're sort of like doing that thing where you're like above it or outside of it. And you're like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. You, know, you keep having those moments. You're like literally looking at like a freaking like I'm Jewish. So it's like, you know, not a big box that people are being put in. It's like, they want the most flimsy box so that like it can just <laughs> decompose. She's looking at this tiny box. She's like, there's a fucking human in there, dude. Whoa. Like that's, you know, somebody that was important. Right. And it's so meaningful to like, oh, we see all the people show up. It's so great. And like this funeral was amazing where it's like, it was like the most like Jewish New York funeral you can imagine. Like it was a comedy show. It was mm-hmm. literally like the rabbi was funny. It was mm-hmm. heartfelt. My uncle did a great speech. Everyone's laughing and like, but it's like, what the, if you're like actually really grieving, you're like, what the fuck is this? You know? So I just feel like it feels so performance driven to me anyway. And it's like, well, why not just like push it in a way that like, I actually like to perform, you know? Yeah. I just so uncomfortable. I feel like, if, I feel like you're just in pantyhose the whole day. I don't know why that feels like the feeling to me. You're like trapped in pantyhose. And it's like, I don't want anyone to feel like that at my funeral. The next prompt is I'm going to ask you to relive one memory. And this is the part of my show formerly titled feed wolf ice cream, which in which I posit that in the afterlife, you're allowed to fully drop into one memory without losing any of the others. It's just a room you can enter and exit whenever you want, but you have to choose one. So what memory would you choose? Oh my God. Um, Oh, so lame. Is this going to just be performance driven again? Probably. Dude, no, that's if it is, it is. I think it would be like, um, God, so corny. Um, I think it would be like, 
you know, I took my show Nightmare Fuel to Edinburgh and I'm like, continue. And it was such an amazing experience. I think it just changed me as a person and also as a performer. Cause I was just like, there's like a meaninglessness of being in like a sea of such amazing talent or like a, mm. uh, an invisibility. And you're like, Whoa, like you really just do things for you. And it felt like the first time I just was also choosing an experience of like, Hey, I don't know what's going to come out of this, but sometimes you just in life have to do things to do things. So that was huge for me. I feel like somewhere there, like I'd love to go back into my like, um, little basement where I did the show or mm-hmm. also what, like, what was the venue? Do you remember the name of the venue? God, what was it called? Oh my God. I'm literally blanking. Was it, was it in on, the new town or the old town? I think it was in the new. It's when you cross the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, like yeah. right when you cross the bridge. And then if you go left, there's like all the stores. If you go right, you kind of right. go down into wherever. And it was just mm-hmm. like right there. It was called like the clock something or, you know, it felt like that. Yeah. But it was just like tiddlywinks. Oh wait, yeah. It's like the, <laughs> it was called like that, you know, then the midnight, like, yeah, something like that. And yeah, the midnight the loon. newsroom, the newsroom. Is the that news what it was? Room. The newsroom? I have, I think I have been there. Yeah. And it's like, it's just a normal bar upstairs and it only has one stage. And it was like just a shitty, and all the freaking barbacks would come in and get ice during your show. It just like didn't fucking matter. Yeah. That was great. I loved, uh, I literally loved the moment. God, I'm like such a, emotional bitch right now um you can cut that (laughs) no i just loved when i I would finish my show and it always like went relatively well like you know even like the bad days the hard days were like you do it like 26 times yeah but i love the moment when i would like finish the stage would be clear the other show comes right in it was like a sketch show and they like would always start it off where they played like uh oh my god what's his name william oyobo is that what his name the um music uh it's a song fantastic man but he's like a he brought like house music to africa like he was like well i don't oh, okay. i'll look him up i'll send him i'm so yeah, sorry yeah, yeah. if i'm like really shitting on a name right now no. um and they would play this song and it was like a seven minute long song and it felt like it just felt like so like that was a moment of success like i just felt like i fucking did it again and it wasn't like hard to do the show but it was like i'm doing exactly what i want to do even on a hard day and i fucking just did it and i'm like on the other side of it my i'm cleaning my face off i'm unpacking and it just felt like i like literally like that song makes me feel like i don't I, it's like an i can't articulate the feeling it's like success and purpose like I know it's just that but it's just it was this small moment and it was the first time like I truly like doubled down on myself and like made my own work full out like a full show and like did all this stuff for myself and brought myself to this space so I just like maybe that moment even like where you're like kind of like finishing the show saying goodbye to everybody and like they're coming in they're turning on the thing they're going to do their show and it's just like okay bye guys like I love that. Um, I was like, so much makeup on. Yeah, I had all my glitter makeup. Like I had. Like, oh, your glitter, my like, metal yeah, makeup. Um, yeah, all yeah. my stupid hair. But that, or like, yeah, and then kind of like the tail end of the PS of that, which I would love to relive, is like when I came back to America, 
oh wait, like a year later, I came back to America. I did the show, you know, a year went by and then we were opening. I like it was the first year of the free fringe, which I helped co-found and like still going on um, in Philly in Philly. And we had like a space to do like a late night cabaret and like, it was very sweet. And everyone let me like open the, the fringe at that cabaret Mm -hmm. space. And I did nightmare Mm -hmm. fuel and it was like, that's the show. And it was like the hottest it ever was. Like, it was just like on fire. Think kinks had been Mm -hmm. worked out. Like I had figured it all out in a year and it was like a big room and it was like cool. And I just was like, I could fucking live in a space like this where it's like when you like your purpose is like you get your purpose and you're having like a fucking blast like that i would love to live in we're like so far from that sometimes yeah what's your coma in the sense of something it, it doesn't even have to be intense. Just yeah. any moment where before you were one version of yourself and after you were another. Yeah. Um, I guess it would have to be um, like breaking off an engagement. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we met after that. You met yeah. post engagement, Sarah. Like how? Like recently, right? Like within six months or something. Yeah, I saw. I met you because I it uh, kind of officially happened in like December or January. Mm. And it was kind of like unfolding June. through January, and then we met in June. Yeah, and um, yeah, I think it was just like the first. I think it was this moment where. I realized like maybe I was groomed in a way, like not that sounds groomed is such a crazy word now, but just like, you know, from your family and from society Mm. and like expectations and like, what is like, and it was maybe the first time that I truly was like, wait, like what? I think I was just questioning, like, what is success? What is a happy? It was like my real first questioning of like, what is a happy life? you know, is it's not necessarily just like, okay. And then I like, you know, get on a TV show. Like there's, you know, like, I think I started really asking myself, like, what's pleasurable? What do I do? What like, you know, and I, and I started like making boundaries with people, you know, like, and just, you know, and it's not like I've like solved anything at all, Mm -hmm. but I would say about myself, God, I'm like so hard on myself. I can't even like be honest with myself. (laughs) I guess I would say that like I um, do, even if I'm not always happy, I always seek to add pleasure into my life. And I mean that with like, I'm always just trying to like make the day to day as possible or like curiously ask like what else in like a way that's like hopefully positive of like, you know, this is cool. Like what else is cool? Like what else makes up a life? That's awesome. Um, what's an awesome life, you know, like what is love? Like, but what is like a, but what, and like trying to be present in desires. And that's like the best version of myself is like that curious and the seeking and the 
like hoped for pleasure and joy. Um, I'm not always there, but I think that was the first moment it like started was like, Oh, this thing that you're aiming for that you're trying to like play games into like making someone stay with you forever. And if you played it right, that then they'll stay with you. And then what, like you have a happy, like it just kind of like, since that didn't make sense anymore, it was like, Oh, that, you know, it was like some, the, the checklist that in our, in our minds that we're groomed to have about like a good life, like it, it like uh made it all seem like, like a fake weird thing that like didn't necessarily had to be my truth, I guess. Why have you been tearing up? Why am I tearing up? Yeah. I don't know, man. I, th- I think it's really hard to like, I think it's like hard to like find your pleasure and stuff. I think it's hard. And I think it's, it's hard to be vulnerable. You know, like we just had this whole talk about like, we're like lolling before this about like (laughs) the end of a lot of things. And it's like hard to be um, soft and loving and especially to yourself. Um, And I actually, and it's like, and it's scary because like, I don't, I don't know the answers a lot. Like, I don't, as much as I'm like, this is the best version of myself. And it happened after this moment. It's like, there's such like, and I'm sure you can attest to this too. It's like on the other side of your coma moment, there's still so much like, what the fuck? And like, you know, harshness to yourself. And I think just talking about like, you know, death, it's like, when you like, when you really like end things. Like when things are really over, it would be so sad to be at the end and to be like, I was so hurt on myself and I could have just like enjoyed it a little more (laughs) or like I could have just like been sweeter to myself. So, yeah, I don't know. That reminds (laughs) me of when I asked you and a bunch of other people to give me my New Year's resolutions a couple of years ago. I guess a lot of years ago at this point. I don't even know what are years. (laughs) (laughs) But you were like, spend some amount of time every day, like talking to yourself, like a sweet little thing, like a kitten or a child or something. And, and uh, yeah, I, I thought you were just very perceptive into the way that I treated myself but it sounds like you were kind of like, I wish I was doing this. Yeah. I think it's a good thing to remind yourself. And, you know, also um, this is like a clown, like a clown bit for sure. But like, and something that like Brad and I, my collaborator and I were kind of playing with in this show, we were kind of making this improv clown show. And he's like, either talk or sing to yourself as like the 85 year old version of yourself talking to yourself now. And just like, Mm. not only just like, what would you want to tell yourself? But like, how would you just like tell yourself like, Hey, like I like, Oh, you're, it was your hopes for yourself to just like be like as an 80 year old person, like, Hey, like it's actually all good. Like it will work out like, you know, or however you want to talk to yourself. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of like so useful because it's, it reminds me of the like, Oh, talk to yourself like you would, 
a close friend, you know, that exercise. And it's really just any of these things can work because it's just about adopting a different frame of mind and seeing yourself in a way a little more distant than you're used to seeing yourself. Yeah. Somebody, it was like from a tarot reading once even, but somebody was like, I don't know how they got to this, but they were like, you're even like, you're reminding yourself that like your giants, the people on your Mount Rushmore, the people you look up to or are inspired by, or people in your community that you're like, oh, I want that. Or like, there's like literally someone who's doing that to you. And I think it doesn't matter where you are. I think that doesn't matter what you do. There's someone who's just like, and not even like in a gross, like I want that coveting way. I just think that mm-hmm. like, even if it's in kindness or like, you know, curiosity or simple, like the enjoyment of little things in daily life, there's someone who's just like, I wish I could enjoy like that. Like, or like, I love the way this person does this thing. And I think that's like also helpful too. It makes me feel like very connected to people. Like I see this person and I'm like, holy shit. And then there's someone looking at me and they're like, whoa, you know, but. Yeah. So I, to back to the engagement, (laughs) I see, I see the ways in which you changed and you're talking about this as a moment of. Uh, you, you know, after breaking off this engagement, you really commit to asking these questions and and seeking out pleasure in a sustainable way. Yeah. But and, and I understand the ways in which you were just accepting this received wisdom before. And if we're not going to say groomed, maybe like you were raised. Sure. To to yeah, adopt um, it's like of a mindsets. system in a society and yeah, yeah. But I guess my question is, what was the spark to breaking the engagement? Because you just you don't just like oh, and then I uh you know I tripped into breaking this engagement and had a better life. But was there yeah. some impetus that then w- made you wonder what would be on the other side, and so you yeah. made that decision? Whoa, this is also maybe, this is going to make me sound like an insane performer, but I came yeah. back from Edinburgh that year. That's what I was wondering because it, because it was six months after Edinburgh. Right? Yeah, that I met that. Yeah, I, it was like a few months after we broke up and then I met you like almost a year later. Um, I came back and it was just different. Um, this person was like suffering a lot. Um, and in a crisis mode and a shell of themselves. And, you know, I was like really supportive and encouraging and, you know, helping them seek out help and trying to be there for them. And it was just like, it just was like unraveling in a way that like, I could also see that like, I, and maybe it's also a shitty groomed reason to leave even like, I don't know if I'd be like this now, but it was just like this person like couldn't like, function. And I was like, this is our engagement year. This should be the most happy year of our life thing. So even in that thought, I think it was maybe a little like fucked up. Sure. Sure. So I don't like, so there's a part of me. still that's like, wow, I feel kind of bad the way things ended, but I would say that like, it just like later I had the perspective of kind of looking back and being like, Oh, actually this wasn't the match. And there was like, yeah, a lot of things in it that were just like what I was raised into thinking. And then this person was also kind of maybe raised into it. And we thought we should go this way. 
And I actually think we wouldn't have been right for each other. So like, not that I'm grateful for his like mental breakdown, but like, I think it just sort of like later on, I was like, I can't believe we were engaged. Like I actually Mm. look back. I'm like, I can't believe it. That shit is so crazy when you're like, yeah, just deep in a relationship and then time passes and you're like, Oh my God. Like, you know, someone becomes a stranger to you or especially loaded relationships where you're like, how was I this person with this? And especially when they're unhealthy, which I don't, I'm not saying that's exactly how it was, but that's how it's been for me where I'm like, Oh my God, I was a guy screaming on the street. Yes. Someone like, I would never do that ever again. How could, what the fuck, you know? And it's also funny too, because like, you know, I don't want anyone to think like listening to this, like, and on the other side of this, she like solved it and she's looking for pleasure. It's like, you literally know that I had like the most toxic relationship (laughs) after making a show about a gaslighting boyfriend being in this relationship that I was engaged (laughs) And the other end, I literally had the most toxic relationship afterwards. No, you've explained, you've explained not having it solved by that. Yeah. Okay, great. But But how long were you together with the person who became your fiance before? Like how long total did you date? Total until like the breakup. I think it was like two and a half years. Oh, wow. It wasn't even that that long. It wasn't actually that much time. Now it just feels that kind of feels kind of crazy to me, but you know, You'll hear it all the time. Like the way people are raised, they're like, well, if you don't know after a year, if you're going to live together, like, what the fuck do you know? Like, Dude, I, any, I keep hearing any that. Times, anytime someone's like, here's the deal, my brain just goes, error, error, warning, warning, alert, alert. This yeah. is not the deal. Yeah. I think that's a positive way to think because, you know, there is a part of me that still turns on and goes like, oh my God, well, I don't actually have an answer yet if, if this person would ever live with me. So I don't know. Cause we're just like not talking that way. And to, like, you know, and then I go into right. this, like, but it actually like, dude, I think we just learned through like the past two years of like, what is time? Like literally it's like, yeah. What is time? Wall. What is any institution we trust? You know, even like, yeah. I hate that it's reality TV. That's caused me to think this, but just like oh, really? reality TV, you know, you watch those like marriage shows and they're like, well, this is your marriage. It needs to work this and this in this way. It's like, no, you can sleep in different beds. Yeah. You can have different houses. Who gives a fuck? You're like you're allowed yeah. to define this however you want. You know? I was just talking to my boyfriend about like, we don't live together, but just that concept of like having a second room. I was like, mm-hmm. wait, like hell yeah, dude. Like that would be so dope. And that's like, but there's a groom part of me. That's just like, no, there's something wrong. If you're not sleeping in the same room, it's like, bro, what if you're like gassy and you just want to sleep alone? Yeah, yeah. You just like, I mean, it's like, that's very like, that's a nice house or a nice apartment. If sure, you get two sure, bedrooms, sure, but like, sure. that's like a nice, I mean, I know some people who have the second bedroom and it's like really, yeah, or even just separate bathrooms. It's really, it can actually keep something going. So yeah, I know exactly what you're saying where it's like, What's this fucking error message? Yeah. Right. Right. So it was the, okay. So it was experiencing that elation in Edinburgh and bringing it back and being like the things that I've held to be true are not. Uh, Why we broke up. Are, 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 no, are not necessarily true. And thus, and thus I need to escape some of these 
this received wisdom and venture out? I think a lot of the, that part of it came after it. And I think I was just kind of moving in like a, there was like some part of me that was like, and I think about this a lot too, where it's like, I love that concept of like giving a gift to your future self. And you just have to like do something and you're like, Oh fuck dude. Like this is for future Sarah, man. Like, you know, like, Mm -hmm. or even like that, the minute you're going to like do say a big, like the minute I was just like, Hey, I think this needs to be done or like whatever that moment before you're going to say it. And you're like, I could throw up right now, but you're like future Sarah is going to literally thank you. Like, so I think a lot of it was just acting in a way that was just like, I, I think I just need to act for my future self. Like this just is like kind of getting wild. It was getting like really just stressful. And like, it sounds like it's just like this person had a mental breakdown and I left them, but like also like they were trying to force like plan B on me all the time. So like, it was not like the nicest oh vibe. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Don't worry. <laughs> I don't think it sounds like that. Also they're fine. Like they ruined my birthday dinner literally this year. So like, it's totally fine. Like we're even. <laughs> they're fine. <laughs> they're fine. They, they got better enough to yeah. ruin my birthday dinner. They're in Chicago right now, actually. But oh my I, god! Go find them. And actually, I have them in my apartment. <laughs> oh Bring them out. Oh my god! How are you doing? Mentally <laughs> well? Um, I'm not. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think it was just like sort of, and it is sort of funny. I don't know if you've ever experienced these moments too. Like even before the breakup, it's almost like there was a part of me when I was in Edinburgh that like just like an intrusive thought popped in, but it was like a positive one, which is just like, Hey, no matter what happens, like you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm, and it mm-hmm. kind of felt like when I had that thought, it was related to like, if you continue to know like what brings you pleasure or you're doing a show or you're working on a show, like if you live in this sort of art world and you're like stable in that, plus like there was a part of me too that was like, if so-and-so like died and then you like weren't married, you'd be okay. You're like, like that um, would actually be kind of great. Let's hope for that. Yeah, I was like, please die. No, it was like, it was just sort of like it, you would just make it work, you know? And I try to remind myself of that. Cause I'll get into like the fear mindset a lot where I'm just like, Oh God, if I had a breakup now, I'm like older and like, oh, I don't God. have any injectables yet. And like, you know, <laughs> like, fuck. So yeah, that was, uh, Damn, sometimes those thoughts are like, where did they come from? But they're really, they're like a guide, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, they're great. Well, even in, and because sometimes they can work the opposite way, which is to support the thing that you're doubting. Because I remember being in my current relationship, having, like, just being, you know, my story in relationships for so long was like, being insecure in like the, the thing, you know, like in almost investing in being the insecure one, being like, being like, Oh, I am the person who always likes them more than they like me, blah, blah, blah. And I was just, we were, we had some fight like in the first few months of the real relationship. And I was just like really distraught, but it was like right after I'd woken up from the coma and I was just like, I was like, that's okay. Like had that, had that same kind of gift if this does end, that's okay. And it hasn't ended, but, but the confidence that I would be okay, almost like strengthened the relationship in the sense of like, 
okay, now I don't need this person in an unhealthy way Yeah, where it would not be okay if we broke up. Yeah. And that's so funny to like hear you even talk about this like narrative of yourself that you had, which is like a crazy, I mean, I feel the same way a lot. I'm just like, oh my God, like I'm going to be like mid thirties and like, who's going to date me if I break up with this person. And it's like, to me, I vibe with this person so much right now. Like what else would there be? Like, how do you vibe more? You know, how do you get along better? (laughs) And it's like, I don't know. It just like, you have to like, just believe in yourself or like, you know, the other part of the side, the other side of all of that is like, sometimes my therapist is pretty great. Not always, but sometimes she's great. Mm -hmm. But kind of almost as soon as I I started seeing her right after I broke up, because I just was like, I think I probably Mm. need to clean this up. But she immediately started having me like almost imagine a life and be okay with a life where even if I'm like old and alone, that could be a satisfying success of a life. That's very fulfilling that I could just like, and that, you know, whether I have lovers or I'm alone or like I'm with someone for a few years and it's gone and there's someone else and I have friends and you know, even if I don't have kids, you know, that it would be a good life still. And like, that's something that we, we always come back to in therapy where it's like, and it only actually makes you like better as a partner, actually, even though you're like, wait, I don't want that sad life. And you're like, wait, it's not necessarily sad. Like just like, it's just doubling down and not like ghosting on yourself, you know, just like be there. That is the show. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed it, if you're if you enjoyed it to the point of listening to the outro, go leave a review of the show. Go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Dave Marr, and support me. I, th- I think the show's worth it. I hope I'm making it worth your time. Also, support Sarah. Watch that Jack Knight set in the show notes. And until next week, remember, you are a mist. You can do them. Have faith. You are human. Only human. And human beings, they do miracles.